maybe you're sick of Chick-fil-A. I don't really know if that's possible. Hush your um, mouth. That's I know. blasphemy. I know. Okay, but what... 31 years of eating Chick-fil-A, what's your favorite thing to eat? Is there an off-menu item that, like, only Ooh. owner-operators can make happen? When we do these events and uh, we have a chicken sandwich that's been sitting in the cooler, or we call it a TMS bag, a temperature uh, management system bag, and it's been in there for, like, a couple hours and we're not going to serve it anymore, and after the event, you go pull that thing out and it's been, like, just marinating for about three or four hours. Mm-hmm. And, and the pickle is kind of like juice is kind of like all why'd you look at me with those evil eyes that's like like my favorite sandwich is one that's like been like about four hours old sitting in that bag it's still oh it's so good that's nasty how do you feel about it it's gross as soon as he said pickle he he lost all credibility with me i just am not a welcome to the relational leader podcast where relationships and ministry meet Well, welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast. It's so great to be here today. I'm Kristen, and as always, joined around the table with Randy. How are you this windy day? It's a windy day here it in Florida. It is a windy day in Florida. It's not a very cold day. No, it's weird. It is weird. Because it looks like I mean, it it's Florida. Like Chicago. Is it, is it ever really cold? It no. looks like Chicago, but so, it you know, my feels like said, Florida. I know. My husband said the other day, he was describing it to me. He's like, uh, we don't actually have winter here. We have cold fronts. Like, that's what we have. I was like, that's... Very That's fair. accurate. That's very fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have cold fronts and uh-huh. right now we're like on the upswing. It's like yeah. 70, but it looks like it should be 30. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm inside today. I'm wearing a jacket. Yeah. It's 72 outside. Yeah. So yeah, woo, it's cold. <laughs> it's windy. The wind's blowing. Yeah, anyway. exactly. I'm doing but, great though. And I'm excited about our podcast today. It's, t- today's going to be a great conversation it is. leadership is always great but i'm excited about who we have in the room with us today too i know you know it's it's great you know those of you listening a lot of you are part of ministry church um but i would imagine we've got some listeners that are kind of maybe bivocational you're in the business world and you're in ministry or maybe True. you're just in the business world and you serve at your local church um and that's it's one of the things that i love about our guest today is because uh, we have with us uh nathan Huxma. nathan first welcome to the yeah. podcast yeah. Thank you for having me. Good to uh, have you. It's good to be here. We're glad to have you. And you, uh, in a way, serve in ministry, but not inside the local church. You are Absolutely. an owner-operator of a Chick-fil-A here in the Bradenton, Sarasota area. Or really two, I guess, yes. in the Bradenton, Sarasota area. Which is a rare thing. Yes. And he's going to hate that I do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because I, I always brag on you. But it is two locations, and that's very rare for you to have two locations. Mm-hmm. But his primary location that he started with uh, is, well, your standalone. You started out in the mall, and you have your standalone. Now you have two standalones. But one of them is the number two Chick-fil-A in the entire country. That's correct. That's yeah. saying yep. a, a lot. lot. Yeah, that's a big deal. Little so, old Bradenton, Florida. In Bradenton, Florida. Yes. Yeah, who would have ever thought? They love yeah. their Chick-fil-A. I love it. But you know what I love just – Thinking about, I, you know, I've known you for several years, and um, you know, you're you started at Chick Fil A in 1993. You've been with Chick Fil A for 31 years. We that, were just saying, that's right, yeah, 31 years. The wow. same company. I was a sophomore in high school. Needed a about to turn 16. All my friends were getting their license and cars, and I knew if I wanted to keep up with them, I'd have to go get a job. 
Never heard of Chick-fil-A before, never had eaten there before, but my oldest sister had just started working there. Being a shy kid, I was like, I'm gonna go work there because my sister's there and she can kind of show me the ropes. So Who would have known? Who and look what known? that led to. The yep. number one. Two. Two. Number two store. <laughs> number hey, too much Look, I'm speaking it into existence, yes. Nathan. It's a big deal. It's awesome. Yeah. It's thank awesome. You, thank you. Well, we're. It, it's been uh, an incredible journey. Um, and we'll get into that. But, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine having done anything else. Man. All right. Well, before we get into the journey, I have to ask the question because after 31 years of working for Chick fil A, like, I would imagine you maybe you're sick of chick-fil-a i don't really know if that's possible hush your um, mouth that's I know, blasphemy i know okay but what 31 years of eating chick-fil-a what's your favorite thing to eat is there an off menu item that like only Ooh. owner operators can make happen well there's a there's a lot of options out there that you can kind of make and i see my my employees doing that all the time i i stick with the little bit healthier stuff i go with the grilled nuggets that's like my go-to right now. Okay. But actually, my I think my favorite menu item, it's not really a menu item, but when we do these events and uh, we have a chicken sandwich that's been sitting in the cooler, or we call it a TMS bag, a temperature uh, management system bag, and it's been in there for like a couple hours and we're not going to serve it anymore. And after the event, you go pull that thing out and it's been like just marinating for about three or four mm -hmm. hours. And the pickle is kind of like juice is kind of like all. Oh, Why'd you look at me with those that's, evil eyes that's like, and pickles? That's like my favorite sandwich. Is one that's like been like about four hours old sitting in that bag. Marinated it's still, in pickle. Oh, it's so good. That's nasty. Randy, how do you feel about it? Um, it's gross. As soon as he said pickle, he, he lost all credibility with me. I just am not a pickle. Okay, so your wife told me about something that she has made that oh, yeah. is – the creative you, one. The, yeah. yeah, she's the creative one. So she takes the chocolate chip cookies, takes two of them, puts like the cookies and cream milkshake ice cream in between it, Whoa. and then puts the Oreo crumbles around the edge of it. So it's like a cookie sandwich, ice cream oh. cookie sandwich. Whoa, that's off the menu, but yeah, I but would love please, to try Please it. don't go to the store and try to order that because we'll look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, you won't get it. But you won't get it. If you it drive to Bradenton and go meet Cynthia yeah, oh, on yeah. Cortez she'll, Road. She'll make you one. She will make uh, you one, yes. <laughs> oh, well, all right. So so to start, kick off our conversation. Um, tell us a little bit, just Nathan, let our listeners get to know you a little bit. Um, tell us your journey with Chick-fil-A, kind of your experience um, and really give us some background on on how and what you've done for the last 31 years. Yeah, so like most of my employees, you know, I started at Chick-fil-A because I needed a job, needed a paycheck. And, you know, I'm still here 31 years later because I fell in love with the culture, the people, the vision, the values, and what, what Chick-fil-A stands for and what I get to do every single day. So, um, and obviously that didn't happen right away, but it happened over time and it happened because of the relationship that I was able to build with the, my owner operator back in the, in the 90s, um, a guy that I'm still dear friends with even today. But um, prior to me being uh, born, uh, my parents were missionaries. And so I always had that missionary heart. I always, you know, we always involved in church and I always felt God's calling on my life to, to be in the mission field. And um, I kind of struggled with that at a young age. Like I knew God was calling me to do that, but I didn't really want to do that. And 
Um, I had been working at Chick-fil-A for about seven years at this point, and I just finally got to a spot where I just I was done struggling with that decision, and I just I surrendered my life to God. I, again, I had always been a Christian, but I just I said, "All right, God, you're in control now. Hmm. What do you want me to do?" And I had a conversation with God, just like I'm having with you right now. Hmm. It, I, I'll I'll never forget it. I can tell you exactly where I was in the house, how where I was laying. The window was cracked open, wow. and he said, um, I, "I have called you into the mission field." And I was like, "Okay, I figured that part out." And he's like, but I'm going to use you through Chick-fil-A. I said, okay. And I had never thought of Chick-fil-A as a career, even though I'd been there for six or seven years. And my operator, we never talked about a profit and loss statement. We never, I didn't know how much money he made, anything like that. And, um, and I said, okay. And my one request to God was God just start opening the doors for me. And within a couple of weeks, um, my operator got a phone call. Uh, from somebody at the home office said, hey, we have a, a vacancy at a restaurant down in uh, Naples, Florida. Do you have anybody in your restaurant that could go run it for a couple months until we find a new owner-operator? Lloyd's like, I think I have somebody. And he came and asked me about it and I didn't hesitate. I just I knew that was it. And mm -hmm. I said, send me down there. And uh, it was a couple weeks later, I'm driving down to Naples, Florida and uh, started running the Chick-fil-A in the Coastland Center Mall. I think this was back in like 1999. Wow. And uh, so it was only supposed to be just a couple of months stint, and I ended up being there for seven months. Um, I jokingly say that Chick-fil-A couldn't find anybody else who wanted that store. <laughs> so they came back to me and said, hey, we heard you were interested in becoming an owner-operator. I said, yeah. They said, fill out an application. I filled out an application. They accepted it, and I was awarded that store. Um, at the age of 22. Wow. You know, something you said, I, I, so I, 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 so many said things, but I loved that you had already been seeking the Lord, praying about what to do. And when the door opened, he's like, I didn't have to pray about it again. Like, well, I just said yes. You and I were having a conversation I, the other day about literally. this is give God your yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, God, you said you would do it in Chick fil A. Yes. So when the opportunity came, you didn't have to pray about it. You had already given God your yes. Yep. And I'd see people all the time saying, okay, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be a part of the church or what you're calling me to do. And they get an opportunity and they don't say yes to it or they say, well, I got to pray about it. Well, didn't you already give God your yes? Yeah. So, and think about it. And as soon as you said yes to God, mm -hmm. you said within weeks that mm -hmm. opportunity came. I wonder how many opportunities have never come our way because mm -hmm. we never made a decision to say, God, you have my yes. Yeah. And we wonder, God, why don't things happen for me? And I, because you haven't decided, God, I'm giving you my yes, and whatever it is, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm deciding in my heart now yeah. that whatever it is. And then boom, it came. It's like, you know, you want to you wanna give God control, and, you know, in your heart you do, but then when the opportunity comes up, it's like, oh, well, was he really talking to me or was he talking <laughs> right, to somebody else? Because, right. you know, I was born and raised in Bradenton. I, I never left Bradenton. And, um, you know, to pack up everything that I had in my car to go live in a hotel for seven months, like, it's not what I wanted to do. Right. And I, I literally worked mm. open to close Monday through Saturday for seven months straight. Like, wow. it was like. So that wasn't an easy. It yes, was not that... easy. It was it was miserable. And if, wow. if I hadn't had, I believe if I didn't have that clear vision from God, I would have quit. Mm. There's no doubt about it. It was. 
But that, yes, a long time ago to work seven, six days a week, 12 hours a day or whatever it yeah. was, 15 hours a day, however long it was open, in a place that was uncomfortable and unfamiliar, but you gave God your yes. People want what you have now, mm-hmm. but they don't want to say yes to what you said yes to 31 no. years ago. No. And Well, I guess it was 25 at the time, but yeah. even so. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there, you can always point back to someone's success. And it goes back to a moment where they just chose to surrender. Because yeah. God was already your Savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just wasn't your Lord. Yeah. And when you made that decision, that's what started it. And it didn't mean he took you to greener pastures and still waters. Like, yeah. you went down to Naples. It was yeah. hard work. It was hard. It was uncomfortable. Well, and to be honest with you, God clearly said, you know, um, Chick-fil-A in Bradenton, Florida. But I had to go away to be able to come back. And so... Back in 2003, I had the opportunity to relocate um, back to Chick-fil-A in Bradenton, Florida, where I had first first started. And in, um, once again, it was like, you know, I had to convince Chick-fil-A to let me relocate because they were like, Nathan, like, y- your store just did a million dollars in sales, which back then was pretty good. You know, you're making money. Why would you want to go back to a store in Bradenton that hasn't had a sales increase in six years and hasn't even turned up a single dollar in profit in six years. I said, because A, this is where my family's at, and B, this is ultimately where God has called me to be mm-hmm. in Bradenton, Florida. So that's what got me back, back home. But saying yes wow. again was not to something comfortable and better. It was something... I almost had to start all, all over, over again. Yeah. So, so what was that journey like coming back to Bradenton? And I mean, it, it was it doesn't look like what it looks like today. It was quick because I literally closed down the restaurant the end of May and opened <laughs> drove through the night and then opened the restaurant the next morning in, in Bradenton. So um, I didn't wow. have a whole lot of time to really think about it. I just, <laughs> just you know I just I just did it. And um, but um, you know it, it, I, I just I've always just really um, actually going back when I left Naples it was really tough because um, my employees are are my family and so when I told them that I was leaving um, I took them down to this little office space and like we all were just crying and like Nathan don't go and I was like I gotta go six of them and I only had about 20 employees at the time six of them moved up to Bradenton to come work for me. So I, I wow. pretty much moved up here with the whole team. Um, well, that's great. There was no like onboarding those no. guys. They were- <laughs> yeah, that, that worked out really well. So and, and some of them worked for me for years after that. So that was great. So I will tell you another time, though, when when um, I, I really wanted to do what I wanted to do. And this was in 2009. Um, when Florida was having their their little housing crash, um, it wasn't little. It wasn't little. <laughs> it's like how he just breezed past. But it was the first time ever where I, I saw sales declining and profits declining. Like the mall was below fifty percent occupancy, and in my mind and in my eyes, I was looking around and, and thinking, "All right, I gotta I gotta take control again because this isn't working out." So my wife and I and our nine-month-old baby um, took the weekend and we went up to Jacksonville, Florida, and we were looking around at other opportunities up there with Chick-fil-A. 
um, spent the weekend up there, looked at schools, looked at churches, looked at Chick-fil-A's and all this other stuff. Came back on Monday, Tuesday morning. Again, it was one of those moments I had with God. I could tell you exactly where I was standing. And I said, I, I called my business consultant at the home office and left him a message saying that I was interested in relocating to Jacksonville, Florida. Felt a tap on my shoulder and I looked around, nobody was there. And I heard God again just speak to me and just said, Nathan, I've called you to Bradenton, Florida. And I said, I know, but, and I started giving him a list of all these excuses. But you don't see all this stuff, God? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's, he just said, Nathan, like, you, you can only focus on the things that you have control over and leave everything else up to me. Mm. And at that moment, I realized I didn't have control over a lot of things. So I, I let all those things go. And what I did have control over was how I treated my employees and how I treated my guests. And um, 2010 was the first year I won a vehicle through Chick-fil-A. 2011 was the second year I won a vehicle through Chick-fil-A. 2013 is when they built that another restaurant basically for me because we outgrew that that other restaurant and um it's just been a to me it's been my testimony of obedience and even though when things don't look right keep focused on god and let him deal with things so So powerful because he turned that situation around that mall you were in was Dumpy. Is it still a, a mall in the no, area? It's, it's, it's done, empty. done. It's empty now. Yeah. yeah, it was. That was a rough spot. It was. It maybe was a back, great spot maybe growing back up. In the day and, and yeah, yeah, growing up, it was. I, I wasn't but here. But you said yes again. I said yes. You did. And look what God did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and you obeyed what didn't make sense, right? Um, which is just incredible. And and I love something that you said there. You took ownership of what you felt like the Lord had asked you to do, and you said, "I can't really change." the things that I see that make me want to leave, Mm -hmm. but I can take ownership and I can determine how we treat our team Mm -hmm. or how I treat my team and how we treat our guests. For sure. And that's huge to shift the focus onto what you can do and then you being diligent in what God asked you to do, look what he, he did what only he could do. I just can't help but think that there are people listening right now that are about to make a decision on something that is themselves they're the ones pushing forward like you were going to jacksonville working it all out and it's not that it was wrong it just wasn't what god had and god's tapping them on the shoulder right now mm-hmm. and you could have gone to jacksonville mm-hmm. and it's not like god would have been mad at you right but it wouldn't have been god's best right it's his good his pleasing and his perfect will you could have gone over there yeah. Had a Chick-fil-A, gone to church, served the Lord, stayed married, all those things. But that wasn't that was not God's best. And you decided to take note, to recognize and heed the tap on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think that there are some people right now that are getting a tap on the shoulder. There's a check in your spirit. You're like, oh, I know, I, know, I know that it really this is not what God said, but this is what you want to do. You feel like it's your way out. And I just want to encourage you just to heed the tap on the shoulder right now that God has in your life because he, he's bigger than whatever the problems are that you're going to go f- away from and try to solve. He can turn it around. Yeah, his thoughts are higher than ours. His, his, like I, you bring me back 31 years and you tell me where I'm at today. I, I couldn't even imagine where I'm at today. So mm-hmm. um, it's been an incredible journey. But also, ironically, if 
God would have told me all the stuff that I had to go through to get to where I am today. <laughs> I, I, I don't think. You wouldn't have signed no, up for that either. No, I would not either. have signed up. So he has a plan. He knows what he's doing. You just got to trust him because if he gave you too much information, you, you'd run. For oh, sure. We'd all run <laughs> from it. You got to go through all this stuff to get this. We'd be, ah, never mind. Yeah. Oh. I, you know, you're thinking of Which is what else, you, were, you were running to a comfortable, more comfortable place. Yeah. It, it made sense. It, it would have made sense to just about everybody else. All my friends would have been, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's a logical move. Just for you. heed the shoulder tap of so God. Good. Yep. So that was good. a good sermon right there. It is. <laughs> That is. Well, all right. So I, I want to shift our conversation to a little bit of the leadership side. Sure. You being uh, a part of Chick-fil-A for uh, 31 years. Mm-hmm. Again, I think we mentioned this earlier. That's a very rare thing to be with one company or yeah. organization for that long. Um, so that speaks volumes of you yeah. and your faithfulness, um, but also of the company that you yeah. work for. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, and I want to get into some of your personal leadership things. Um, in a little bit, but first I want to kind of start, help us understand what has made you continue to say yes to Chick-fil-A for 31 years. What would you say kind of sets them apart from all other companies? Um, it's Chick-fil-A's mission. Mm-hmm. It's what we we stand up for. It's, it's our values. Um, you know, I, I just, I love the family, the Kathy family. I love um, what Truett Kathy built so many years ago um and i've i've taken that and i've just made it a part of my my personal life but it's to glorify god by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us and be a positive influence on all that we come into contact with and i I just i love that it, it goes right along with you know our mission as a as a Christian, you know, to True. know mm-hmm. to know God and, and to make God known. Mm-hmm. I just happen to use a chicken sandwich mm-hmm. to to do that. Um, it's a good method to make God known. That chicken sandwich is good. That's easier to sell than as a preacher sometimes selling a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I don't. There's there's no. I don't distinguish um, my faith. In, in my business, like I, I, I often joke that I'm I'm just a, a well-paid youth pastor, uh, and that's honestly how I see myself. <laughs> um, you know, my employees are my family. I, I we just had our Christmas party. I had um, over 250 of them at my at my property wow. um, a couple weekends ago, and that is like the highlight of my my year. Is just mm-hmm. to watch those kids all getting together, having fun. Winning some prizes and just just hanging out together, mm-hmm. like I, I I love that. I eat that stuff up. Mm-hmm. So you obviously do a great job of that. And yes, Chick Fil A does a good job of that. But you were pretty young. You were whatever twenty five to thirty years old working for Chick Fil A, running a store in Naples, which is two hours from Bradenton, and you had five seven people of the ten employees drove and moved two hours to come work because they wanted to work with you huge that's massive well so this isn't a chick-fil-a thing yeah you fit well in the chick-fil-a is what it is i mean your values they are are very similar well we talk about this in my organization a lot but we feel like everybody has really three desires they want to be known they want to be loved and they want to be challenged um and so i challenge myself i challenge my leadership team and on I'm now up to about 365 employees, but um, 
know them, know what makes them tick, know what drives them, um, just know who they are as individuals. Um, you know, show care for them. Like they want to be cared for. Yeah. And in this day and age, like honestly, it might be the only place that they actually feel cared for is that mm. is when they come to work. True. It is. It, yeah. Like their homes I, are I, in a mess. I could tell you some awful, awful stories. And um, but and then challenge them. And I think that goes along with loving them and caring for them because you know, we want to see them become better. Like, mm -hmm. and I know, and I tell them all this, I'm like, I know you're not gonna work for me for the next 15 to 30 years, I'm, I'm, I'm a rare right. breed. But the time that you have with me, I wanna make sure that when you leave here, like you're, you're better for it, or like you can seek better opportunities because you learned how to treat people with kindness and honor and dignity and respect and all those other things. Um, and so that's our goal with every single one of our employees. Make them feel known, make them feel loved, and, and really challenge them. And you have to have all three of those, because if you just go and you just try to challenge somebody yeah. Yeah. and they don't feel loved, they're like, well. You jerk. Yeah, like, get, 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 get out of my face. Yeah. But if you, really love, my face. <laughs> if you really love somebody and you don't challenge them, then you probably don't really love them anyway. So, because mm -hmm. you want them to be better. And so those are the th three things that we really focus on. And, and I think that, you know, the longer we can do that and the longer we can keep those employees around, the better employees they are, they can build relationships with each other and with our guests. And, um, and then just creates a, a you know, an care. Like we, we, so we care people, about what we do. Then they don't want to leave. Then they don't mm -hmm. want to leave. Yeah. So. That's, that's incredible. So 365 employees right now. Yeah. Um, what are some, so what, some of the things on the, on, this, on the podcast, we like to talk real practical. Um, we like to talk principles, but then we like to talk practical. Um, what are some very practical things as, as a leader that you try in, in the intentionality of what you just described about making sure that people are challenged mm -hmm. and loved and cared for? Practically, what do you, how do you do that for 365 name, employees? Name tags. Name tags. <laughs> I, We're going to do those at church from now on. Name tags. I, I, I honestly. Wouldn't that be great? Though? It would like, be. Let's just be real for a minute. Wouldn't that be great? Let's just be real. I hate when somebody comes up to me and goes, okay, what's my name? Oh. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so I can just play it off. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't remember my kids' names. How am I going to remember <laughs> yeah. your name? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with names. At our Christmas party, we that's the first thing they did. They came Names. checked in. They all put a name tag on. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, what was your question? What are so, <laughs> what are some of the practical things that you've learned over the years that you feel like implementing these things really help you be intentional to love these, uh, you love your employees and care for them and challenge them? Um, that might just give some of our listeners some ideas with their teams that they're leading that, hey, I, I, I can maybe try some of this. Yeah. Um, well, I will say you, you, you can't fake it. Um, you know, people oftentimes want to try to borrow somebody else's, you know, culture or mission statement, vision statement. Sure. It's true. Um, it, it's got to be, it's got to be unique to, to the leader in that organization because if, if you don't, if you don't live it, if you don't believe it, it's not in your heart, mm -hmm. you know, your team's going to see that in a heartbeat. Um, but for me, you know, the first thing that I do every single morning or when I walk into the restaurant is, you know, I'm giving hugs. I'm saying hi to everybody, calling them by their first name. Um, we talk, you know, 
in detail. We were, you know, green room conversations where, you know, we're sitting on break, um, you know, hey, what's going on with your kids, mm. you know, because um, their lives are so important to them. They should be important to me as well, too. That's and that, I feed that into my leadership team, too. Um, we try to celebrate um, milestones and, and, you know, anything that we can just so that we can we can hang out together as groups. Um, and so, you know, the way that I treat my leadership team, I expect them, you know, to treat others like that as well, too. So um, I think a big thing also is, is just, you know, who you hire. Um, we often say that we hire for character, we train for skill. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we look for people that we're hiring, we're looking for people that, that already have that in them, that they, they, they have a heart for other people. I can, I can teach them how to make mm-hmm. a chicken sandwich. I can teach them how to or, ring up an order on the register. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard to teach somebody to love somebody or care mm-hmm. for somebody else. But so when we're, we're interviewing, that's, that's a, a, a big point of how often do you for? fire somebody for skill versus firing someone for uh, character issues? One to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's in the church world, that that's very important for us because we see people with these skills. I mean, they can gather. Whoa, that person is going to make a great youth pastor. Or they can sing or play, and we're just like – Man, I need that so bad, and we hire them for skill, mm-hmm. but we haven't vetted, or we just choose to overlook some character issues, and it always mm-hmm. comes back to bite. Mm-hmm. It always does, and so um, I, I think it's something we all need to be reminded of, and just hire for character and mm-hmm. help them grow their skill. And of course, if you can't sing, you can't sing. You know, you don't hire me for worship, no. okay? Yeah. But, <laughs> There, I like you know. I think about what we we always look at here at Bayside is is character and competency and culture. Yeah, it ultimately yeah. you want all three, but mm-hmm. you can train the skill. You can yeah. you yeah. can beef up the competency. For sure, um, there might be need a baseline. You yeah. know that that's yeah, right. needed. But if you don't have the right character and you don't have the and you're not a culture fit, it doesn't matter how good you are it's at true. the skill. Even though Randy can't sing, I'm sure I could train him on a register. It's, it's, it's <laughs> hey, not that hard. I bet he would make a mean chicken sandwich with extra pickles. I, I bet. <laughs> I want to work the fries. That's what fry I want. Fry station? I'm that the would, fry guy. That would be my least favorite I'm just station. kidding. would be a fry station. I don't, I don't you, want to You wor- think that's easy, but that's no, probably one of the most challenging. Like, you're talking about hundreds like of orders. I, just, yeah. I want to eat the fries. It goes so You fast. didn't bring any Chick-fil-A today. I did not. Well, this podcast is over now. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness. Why am this, I getting kicked out? <laughs> no, you're not. But uh, this has been an incredible conversation um, and so, so yeah. valuable, so much insight. And we really appreciate you sharing. Um, just hearing your story, I, I pray it encourages our listeners just in, in saying yes to the Lord um, and to the opportunities that he puts in front of us, faithfulness and obedience. Um, but then also just some of the leadership things that, that you've shared with us that you've learned away along the way from chick-fil-a but that uh, has really you've you've shared with your teams and now you're 300 yep. and something employees it's just mm-hmm. incredible so this has been a gift to us and we do although we are upset we didn't get chick-fil-a but we're we're very <laughs> grateful that you were part of the a part of the podcast today well it's always available you know well six days a week you know where to find <laughs> it so 
I'm not going to tell the story. I had Chick-fil-A one time on a Sunday. You did. Yeah. It's not happening this year, though. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to ask. I'm not even going to ask. But, Nathan, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. uh, Yes. For those of you joining us this time, we're so glad that you had us, uh, that you joined us. We hope this conversation blessed you, encouraged you, enriched you. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Relational Leader Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more resources, go to therelatenetwork.com.